This weekend, you got to pretend that all is well with Syracuse basketball. For two days, you got to pretend that that wasn't the worst four-game stretch in the Bayheim era. You got to pretend that they aren't about to miss the NCAA tournament for the second straight year. And you got to throw all of that out, sit back, and enjoy what truly was a perfect weekend in Syracuse basketball. We're going to break it all down. It's Locked On Syracuse. Happy Monday. Let's get going. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome into Lockdown Syracuse. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube as well. We got some video content for you as well today. A lot of fun in the books this weekend and a lot of fun happening today to break it all down, revisit those conversations, and talk it all through. Syracuse played Wake Forest in the season finale on Saturday, the home finale, I should say. Uh, They close out the regular season. They head into the ACC tournament. They did secure that 8-9 game. They're playing at noon on Wednesday in their uh, second round, technically. Uh, So they will play Wake Forest once again. We'll talk about that all throughout this week as we lead up to that game and preview the ACC tournament as a whole little preview. We might have a special guest for one of those preview episodes, so stay tuned for that. But today we're talking to start things off at least about the day that was Saturday for Syracuse basketball. This was a picture perfect day that I don't think you could have scripted much better in any capacity. You had almost 25,000 fans in the dome. You start with senior day. You then play an outstanding first half of basketball. Then you have this national championship celebration at halftime. Then you get a win. You close the game out. You play unbelievably. You played one of your best games of the year. You finish the game out with a win. And you close by honoring two of the all-time greats in Orange and Hakeem Warwick, which number one now lies in the rafters forever and all in eternity. And you honor Jerry McNamara with number three hanging right next to it, doing the same thing. It was an awesome day and an awesome environment. And I think they did a really, really good job with things. And it was such a fun day to be able to celebrate what Syracuse basketball is and was and can be again as a brand. And being able to revisit that, I think is the exact medicine that every Syracuse basketball fan, media member, coach, player, whoever needed to just sort of reset and being able to sit back and celebrate and have some fun and look the other way for a little bit, right? I'm not here to say that nothing is going wrong right now, but to have this week or this weekend, I should say, to close out the regular season with all of these celebrations, it was truly fun to be able to celebrate and enjoy things and not have to worry about the four games that led up to this. 
and not have to worry about the back-to-back years and not have to worry about some of the macro conversations, but to be able to sit and reflect and talk about how awesome things were. I think it started on Friday when Carmelo Anthony was talking about the community and the family that is Syracuse basketball and talking about all the players that came before that 2003 squad that set the precedent, that developed Syracuse basketball, that brought them to national relevance, into big-time conversations, and creating a place where players wanted to play and the family that comes from there and the conversations you can have and the group you are a part of as a Syracuse basketball player. I think not one comment or remark or anything this weekend was finished before they mentioned the fans and the crowd and the passion that is Syracuse basketball, even if that passion sometimes turns to anger. There's no denying the passion of Syracuse basketball fans. And it was awesome to see. And and I'm going to run out of words. Tremendous. It was a really fun day. And on Saturday, as you're you're watching pregame and you honor your seniors, which was really fun, uh, and the seniors balled out, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then at halftime, you've got, I would say, the majority of that 2003 national championship team there. It was really cool to sit back and watch and to see them all come out. And maybe they could have done a little bit more, a little more showmanship at that point at halftime. But then a halftime presentation has got to be relatively brief, calling everybody out, celebrating. The place erupts when Carmelo Anthony's name is called. And one of my favorite parts from that celebration was, was seeing Carmelo and Billy embrace uh, and I forget the uh, the brother's name, but Billy's brother was talking about it on Twitter, about how much that meant to him uh, to see that, you know, these two guys that roomed together for a year, right? They were roommates. Carmelo goes on, does all of this stuff. Billy, a role guy coming in off the bench, incredibly important in the 03 championship run to see that embrace, which I've got to assume is one of the a few times they've probably even seen each other since Carmelo goes and has this remarkable career to see that embrace and how excited they both were speaks to brotherhood, speaks to bond, speaks to just how quickly you can rekindle, respark those, all of those emotions and all of those feelings and all of those memories instantly. That was one of the favorite moments. Uh, and then obviously after the game, Hakeem's number goes up. That's amazing. I think you can forget sometimes how incredible of a collegiate dunker Hakeem Warwick was until you sit back and watch some highlights. Uh, Not that it's completely forgotten, but sometimes you just need to watch a bunch of them strung together like they had in that tribute video with Sean McDonough narrating. Uh, Really fun to watch him uh, and him speak and the jokes, the fun, being able to poke fun with everybody there and smile, things like that was awesome. And then you close it out with Jerry McNamara. Uh, That jersey going up as well. Another fun tribute video. I I think for me personally, I always say this, Jerry McNamara is synonymous with what I picture in growing up watching Syracuse basketball as someone at 24 years old. Uh, I'm five years old when they win a natty. There's some memory. It's not incredibly vivid. Uh, But Jerry McNamara as a whole and that career 
and, and just being there year after year after year after year for the whole career and playing it out and doing what he did the entire time. Game winner after game winner after incredible performance after incredible performance after the not 10 effing games. He is what I see in terms of growing up watching Syracuse basketball. Watching that and hearing him talk afterwards was incredibly uh, meaningful to me, I would say, to be able to see that and not to diminish Hakeem by any means, but it just was not quite the same for me. I think it was just the two extra years that Jerry had in terms of me getting to you know, an age where I'm paying more attention and understanding more and seeing things more. Uh, Jerry McNamara and then the consistency of him being there, coming back on the bench now, things like that, possibly the next head coach, who knows where that conversation goes. It was awesome. I got a clip from the from his post game. I think this was probably the comment of the night. There were some other ones, but we'll show this clip quickly. Uh, I think it was a really fun way of putting things. And if you're on YouTube, you can watch. There's some reactions as well. Um, but let's take a listen, and then uh, we'll take a quick break after this. One of the reasons I'm out here is because I played with great players. You know, I, I have a picture in my house. It's a picture of a frame that's uh, one of me and Melo. Uh, the Final Four, I see the three, and I see the 15. When I walk by it now, I see the 315. Brings a smile to the face. It's fun. The 315, having that, you got the three up there. You got the one now with Hawk. You need the number five. Uh, and I believe Jerry closed out. He's going to have a cold beer. Uh, to celebrate tonight as he very much deservingly should. Uh, it was an awesome celebration. And to have the win on top of things, I think, lifted everyone's spirits up even more. It is fun to be able to have a day where you can recognize that history and celebrate a national championship with a team that, as Beheim talked about uh, in his comments and in the post-game press conference, a team that was a team and so many guys that just wanted to win and do anything that they could to win and stories and players and ballers, all of that combines to what is, as Beheim said, the highlight of a half century career. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll talk the game after this a little bit more on the celebrations. But before that, let's hear from our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all those fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. It's real chocolate with unbelievable flavors like churro, like peanut butter brownie, like coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. It's like one of the nasty protein shakes, except it's delicious. It's covered in chocolate. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. You can still do that, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. There's a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs, or 
if you're around town with the Sam's Club, run in there, grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter and churro. Then you can thank me right afterwards. Thank me later. All right. We talked the celebration. We talked number one, hanging in the rafters. We talked number three, hanging in the rafters. We talked the 2003 national championship team getting embraced, celebrated, welcomed back. There was the watch party on Friday. They did uh, the honoring at halftime on Saturday, post-game, whatever. Everyone was there. It was so fun to see all of that. And then the other alums that came back, they put up on the video board, there had to have been 50 or 60 other named former players on that board. And that might not even be a comprehensive list in all honesty. There were so many players there because of what that celebration in terms of halftime means and what the Jersey retirements mean in terms of Syracuse basketball as a whole. And even in the struggles, that many people from that community that is Syracuse basketball coming out to show their support, to give an applause. It was incredible to see the environment, the throwback merch. I had the the vintage tee on uh, that I got from Scholars and Champs. That was fun. Uh, The vintage 03 tee I had on. There was the 2003 national champions posters everywhere there was a new post release it was awesome and what made it even more awesome and he gave the ability for everybody to have truly an incredible time and not be worried and not have it be a little awkward and not have the crowd leave early is that the Syracuse basketball team came out and played what might have been their best game of the season after a four-game skid of 17-plus point losses, a four-game skid where you averaged 14.75 threes allowed, a four-game skid where you not only lost NCAA tournament chances, but NIT tournament chances, Syracuse comes and plays what might have been their best game of the year. And they're going to need to do it again because they play Wake Forest on Wednesday at noon in the first round of the ACC tournament. But what we saw on Saturday was the single best performance you might ever see from Jesse Edwards and one of the best all-time games in terms of a stat line from a Syracuse big in its history. And I'm not BSing you there. Jesse Edwards, 27 points, 20 rebounds, Five steals, two blocks. First time you've had a 2020 guy for Syracuse since 2009 with Paul Harris in the six-overtime game. You had Coleman do it a couple times as well in his career. right? This is not a frequent thing that happens. And Jesse Edwards went 27-20. and 20. He was playing aggressive. He was having fun. It was the last glimpse of the Flying Dutchman in the Dome. What a way to close out a career for Syracuse. It was tremendous to see him play with that sort of aggression, that confidence, that I am better than you mentality that he sometimes loses. It was 1,000% there on Saturday. Nonstop, 
start to finish. He got rebounds at will. He scored baskets at will. He put the ball on the floor and dribble penetrated to score. He was hitting thunder dunks, alley-oop layups, uh, hook shots, bank shots, fadeaway shots. He scored when he wanted to score. And I hope he does it the rest of the year. Because if he can do that in the ACC tournament, this team can give anyone a run. He's got that. And I think a lot of people were asking to see that. Show me that game where Jesse tells the world, I am that guy, and plays with it. And he was getting interviewed by, I believe it was Quidier Copeland. I'm for, I can't see the video right now. Uh, I think Quidier Copeland was interviewing him after the game as a little joke but serious interview. And Jesse was just, he had that swagger to him, that Conor McGregor walk, that I am better than everyone. And that's what you need from him. You need him to have that confidence, that size advantage, which he didn't even truly have because Wake Forest, you know, they have some size as well, but they, you know, Jesse was able to get them into some foul trouble as a whole. It was fun to see Jesse Edwards play at that level. And if it's the last time I see him play in the Dome, what a way to go out. What a way to go out. Yes, there is a chance, right? He has another year of eligibility. He could come back. Will it happen? I don't know. But if that's the last time you see Jesse Edwards in the Dome, talk about a farewell. Because that was perfect. From a guy that came in as an okay player and grew and developed into something that is, you know, the second leading rebounder in the ACC. And a guy that is an issue when he's playing well. The growth you've seen from him is outstanding. Another game in terms of seniors, Joe Girard struggled from deep in this game, one for seven from three, but still found himself with 16 points, able to score a little bit in transition, had a couple of nice finishes at the rim. The mid-range game was working. Uh, Outside of the three ball, he was five for 11, uh, which is not terrible for him, three for four from the line. Probably his last game in the Dome as well. Another guy, right, to honor these seniors today, we'll chat it up a little bit. Another guy that, you know, played a career and over-exceeded expectations to the point where people think he stinks because that is the expectation that he was able to set for himself. That is the level he plays at, that when he is playing and averaging 16 points a game, we think that's a disappointment because those are the expectations that he is able to set for himself. And you can say what you want. Does he take a bad shot here and there? Yes. Does he turn the ball over sometimes? Yes. Is he the best defender you've ever seen? No. But is he the number one scorer on this team right now? Yeah. The top five scorer in the ACC? Yeah. And was he an outside of the top 200 recruit that was maybe supposed to be a role player off the bench at Syracuse? Yes, he was. This is a guy that was supposed to be a bench player who turned into a four-year starter. That's transition. That's growth. And I hope, you know, whatever he chooses to do in year five, I wish they gave the best. Uh, Because I think it would be fun if he transfers to maybe a lesser school and a mid-major and just goes and chucks and turns into a Jimmer type player where he can be the scorer that shoots as many times as he wants. Uh, I, I wish this kid the best, right? You got some other seniors in there as well. I, I, I would be remiss 
if I didn't talk about John Bull, my favorite. Uh, I'm going to try, and I'm going to put this out there to try and manifest it. His DMs are closed, so I got to find another way to contact him. I want John Bull on the show. I want to have an episode with him after the season, whenever we can, uh, just because he has been one of my favorite guys on this roster. See the way he embraces everything. Uh, I, I gave the Chris Elmore nod in terms of a football comparison. He just is what you want in a teammate. Will do anything, can do anything. Uh, if you tell him to play today, he's down to play. He will give you every ounce of humanly possible effort. Can he score? Not great. But is he going to get boards? Is he going to get steals? Is he going to hustle like no one else you see on the court? 100%. And that reflects in him as a teammate on the bench. He goes crazy every time Syracuse scores a basket. And it is so much fun to watch. And it will be missed as he enters the transfer portal. Good for him. Guy's got a master's degree from Syracuse. Okay, go do what you want. Go get some minutes. Go play and enjoy your last year. I think he might even have two years of eligibility left. Go enjoy it. Have some fun. Thank you for what you did here. This was a fun game. Syracuse goes nuts. They played solid defense, and the defense turned into offense. And they were getting out in transition. And they were running the offense and they were moving the ball and they were scoring because they were able to get some stops. And did Georgia, or excuse me, did Wake Forest play their best game of the season? By no means. Shot 30% from three. They shoot 38% from three as a squad or a little, maybe a little less than that. But you got to win. You won a big game. And you once again remind people that yes, there's some bad games that this team plays. But this team can also come out and beat you. Any day, any game, any location, when things are on and they are moving the ball, they're playing some defense and they're doing their thing. That team has what it takes to win basketball games. And that's why I think you can't quite write off the ACC tournament just yet. Do I think they're going to win the ACC tournament? No. But would I want to play Syracuse if I'm Miami, the one seed, knowing the potential that Syracuse has in terms of being able to go out and win a game? I'm not so sure. Because Syracuse can do it, and they have done it in certain games, right? They've been able to do it, and they played a really close game with Miami. And they did some big things. And they were able to give them a run. ACC champion. They can do it. A couple more things to close out this episode. Uh, I got some shout-outs to give out. First and foremost, Buddy Beheim, First career NBA bucket last night. Hit a three. Got called up. I think he took two shots, maybe, or two or three shots. Hit a three. Buddy Beheim officially with some NBA points. Congrats to him. That is amazing. Uh, I'm recording this before the men's last game, so hopefully they knock off. I believe they play Duke today, uh, a top Duke team. Uh, but women's lacks today advances to 6-0 and on the year. They are having a tremendous season. They're incredible. If you like lacrosse in any capacity or think you might like lacrosse, they're worth watching play. They're dominant. 
they're fun, they're exciting, and they have a good time out there. Uh, women's basketball, a little nod to them. They did lose the first round of the ACC tournament. They are currently on ESPN's projection in the first four out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, their selection show is the 12th of March, so keep an eye out on that. They need some things to go in their favor, but they are right there uh, wishing them the best. And the last thing to talk about today is Syracuse is in the conversation right now. They're in the top three for Marcus Adams, who we had on here a couple of weeks ago. They're in the top three for Marcus Adams. And I will say, they have some stiff competition. They have two top 10 teams in this conversation with UCLA, Kansas, and Syracuse in the top three. Decision is Tuesday. So when this comes out, the decision will be tomorrow. Syracuse got there first. Syracuse recognized something in him. I will say that. That goes a long way. The California kid. How do you say no to UCLA, right? Hometown squad. I get that. Kansas is playing unbelievable basketball the last couple of years. They have the history. How do you say no to them, right? Syracuse got there first. That means something. And what else it means is when you look at Marcus right now and you look at what he's done, Syracuse got to him when he was outside the top 100. And he wasn't even on every recruiting site. When you're looking at your on three, when you're looking at 24-7, when you're looking at ESPN, top recruits for the class of 24. He wasn't on those lists when Syracuse offered him. And right now he's a top 50 player. Even better than that. I thought I saw something he was 29 the last time I checked. He is outstanding. And I predicted that, that the big offers were going to come in. And Syracuse needed to pounce early, which they did. And then I think Marcus realized that there were some other fish coming, some big fish. Uh, so that's going to be a tough one to win. But Syracuse got there early. Hopefully, maybe Weitzman's been having some conversations about the potential for what could happen at Syracuse. Uh, and the NIL decision is in there. I know that, right? It, it's a big deal for a high school kid to be able to make some money early on. Wherever they go, I'm sure with all three of these options, the NIL opportunities are going to be through the roof. Uh, so this is a decision. That hopefully ends in Syracuse's favor. If not, I mean, he was one of the nicest kids. We appreciate him coming on. I might try and snag him if things go well. If he comes to Orangetown, if he comes to Syracuse, try and get him on the pod later this week. Chat a little bit more with him about that decision, about some things like that. Syracuse offered his younger brother, Maximo, as well. Uh, he's a freshman. Kid can ball out as well. Uh, but that is where we'll close things out today. So stay tuned for that on Tuesday. Syracuse plays the ACC tournament on Wednesday. Hughes men's lacks, hopefully beats Duke. It would be a big upset, so they might not, but hopefully. And then we've got a lot to talk about this week. So let's have some fun. We'll strap in. Have a great week. Attack the day just like Syracuse basketball did on Saturday and hopefully does starting on Wednesday. I'm Owen Valentine. If you're not done with your college basketball fill for the day, we've got the show for you. It's Locked On College Basketball. Isaac, Andy, big name experts, players, whatever you need in terms of college basketball. It's Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want some more, uh, if you're on YouTube, subscribe. Another video. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. I will see you tomorrow.